In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 to 10. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. And then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. How are you today? Well, there's more to that question. What I really want to ask you is, how are you this morning? And are you here today? Did you come here in this place with a specific problem? Perhaps you have a specific concern. Or maybe you have a burden or you are going through a difficult situation in your life. Of course, we know that the, the typhoon no, that is going to pass through central Luzon may be upgraded to signal number five. So uh, a very strong typhoon uh, may be requiring a category or level five. We see the news of the, the strength of the peso to dollar. One dollar equals more or less 58 to 59 pesos. Well, good for the OFWs and my mga relatives sa Philippines. We see the prices of fuel, of basic commodities like rice, sugar, and October 3, the, there will be a fair hike. So the fare in the public utility vehicles will increase. Perhaps you are here today with a problem involving your relationship with someone. Perhaps you're watching this or listening to this and you have a health or a physical problem. You have a financial challenge or even a sinful habit that you cannot overcome. So the question is, how do we respond as believers of God during these times of problems, concerns, temptations, burdens. How do we respond as children of God, as believers of God? I pray that we respond with the title of this message this morning as we have finished our book series in the study of the book of Galatians. We are now having a maybe a month-long series break and for today, we will study Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 10. One of my favorite 
Proverbs is one of the, the passages that I go to whenever I am confused, when I am in a difficult situation. And it serves as like an anchor or a compass for myself. And before we do that, allow me and uh, let's just come to the Lord in, in prayer. Just, just commit this time. Heavenly Father, once more we come before you. We humble ourselves. Give us, Lord, the ability to understand your word. Enable us, Lord, to not only be able to hear and learn the precepts, the truths from your word, but give us, Lord, opportunities to apply this in our lives. And as we apply knowledge, understanding from your word, we will reap and experience the benefits that you have laid down even before you have given this. Bless our time together. May your name alone be lifted up and glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. The book of Proverbs is a collection of wise sayings. One of the Jewish writing styles is to write two lines, uh, which is usually, uh, these two lines are both on a positive side, meaning something to do, and a negative part, which is, well, the opposite is not to do something. And these two lines, the first and the second line, the first line having the, the positive, the negative, the second line will relate and would give the explanation or give clarity to the first line and give the result or the effect of doing or not doing and not doing those given in the first line. And this is what we will observe in our passage today, particularly in chapter 3 of Proverbs, verses 5 to 10. So that when we meditate, when we study this, when we learn this, and of course, apply the wisdom from this book, we will see, we will taste, we will feel, and we will experience God's blessings on our personal lives, our families, our communities. And conversely, if we do not apply the wisdom of the Scripture, then we risk reaping unwanted consequences. Hence, every believer should be on a quest for biblical wisdom. For the first point, we have to trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. One must trust the Lord wholeheartedly. Not half, not a portion of our heart, but wholeheartedly. And not to rely on one's understanding. 
In all these things, we must defer to the Lord's guidance. We must submit to the Lord's guidance. The promise, the effect, the result of such application of this wisdom, trusting the Lord and not relying on our own understanding, would give us, would lead us to a clear direction. Proverbs 3, verse 5, let's look at the verse, Trust in the Lord, trust in Yahweh, trust in Jehovah, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Heart, meaning the very core, the very fiber, the very cell. Or as I go to the smallest unit of our being, down to the level of atom and atomic and subatomic particles with all our being with all our heart we trust in the lord and we do not lean or rely or trust on our own on your own understanding verse 6 says in all your ways acknowledge him and he meaning the lord Yahweh, Jehovah, God, He will make straight your paths. So here we have the writer, Solomon, the wisest king who have ever lived, writing and encouraging and instructing to trust in the Lord. We have different ways of trusting. We may trust our parents. We may trust our teachers. We may trust the system of our school, our government. You may even trust our banks. So that when I deposit something to the bank, the bank as a debtor of my, my money, I transfer ownership to the bank. I trust that the bank will, will take care of it uh, with integrity and with, with honesty down to the last centavo so that the bank would invest it and grow it and so that when I have a need for it, I can easily withdraw and yeah, I get even an interest from it. And so we are trustful beings. We are trustful. But the Bible instructs us with regard to everything we are to trust only in the Lord. So we align all our trusting and elevate and make our trust in the Lord as superior to all of the manifestations of our trust. And the Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Or all our heart. Now this, these verses are interesting. Well, basically for me because it speaks of anatomical body parts. And one of which is the heart, which I believe that we know that it is it's not meant to only be the organ of our emotion. But it represents the center of who we are. 
And so we trust in the Lord, in other words, with everything that we are. On the opposite end, we do not lean on our own understanding. So we do not rely, we do not trust on our own opinion, our own experiences, though they may be well, high or deep or wide. We simply cannot trust our own understanding. Those are the, the do's and the don'ts. And in all, we, all our ways, we acknowledge Him. Acknowledging the Lord means to submit to His guidance. We surrender. We submit. We entrust to God's guidance, to His Word, and not forcing our own ideas, our own opinion, though they may be practical at times. The guidance in the Word of the Lord is superior, supreme, perfect, and eternal. So if one sincerely seeks the Lord's guidance, how do we seek the Lord's guidance? Through prayer, through meditation, by reading the Word of God, by reflecting on the Word of God, and at times through people as we listen, as people counsel us, as people give us instruction or teach us or give us advice, then the Lord will allow us to walk on a clear path. God will make straight our paths. And that doesn't mean that God will make our lives and our journey here on earth problem or pain-free. So that's not what it means to, to have a, a straight path. What it means is that when we trust in the Lord and we do not trust ourselves and we acknowledge Him in everything, God will make our path clear. If we rely on our own strength, our own understanding, then our path would be that of a crooked and without objective, without a clear goal, without a sense of direction. But when we trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our understanding and acknowledge Him in everything, God will make our path clear. And not only that path here on earth, but our path towards God, it would be real, it would be true, and it would be clear. So how do we apply this? What does it mean to trust the Lord wholeheartedly? It means to trust His Word with all our hearts. We trust in the character of the Lord, that He is a great God, that He is a gracious God, that He is a true, honest, holy, just, and righteous God. 
He is consistent. He is faithful. And so that when He gives a promise, it will surely pass. It will surely happen. So it means to trust His Word with all our hearts. And as we trust His Word in all aspects of our lives, not just selected parts of His Word, not just some good parts, that God is loving and God is good. It also means that we trust in God's holiness, in God's righteousness, in God's justice, in God's discipline. And so when we trust His Word, all that, that He gives us through His Word, God will give us the clarity of direction. So that when we trust God, that He is a God who disciplines, is a God who is righteous and just. And when we experience times of troubles because of our selfishness, we trust God that this is part of His discipline, then we have a clear direction. That though what I can see today are just clouds, stormy clouds, I know that there is this sun out there. And after this storm passes, I will see the, the sun and feel its heat once more. So how may we know God's direction in our lives? How do we know God's direction? First, we should trust Him with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. And not to lean on our understanding means to defer and submit to His Word. So first, we trust God. We lean not on our understanding. And second, we read and study. And third, we obey and apply. In other words, we live out what we read, what we study, what we reflect on. What is this trusting? Is it a passive kind of trusting or is it an active kind of trusting? Well, uh, I would say both. So it's passive in the sense that when there is a storm, there's a difficult situation, I can be at peace, I can be still because I can trust God. And at the same time, it moves me to act. It moves me to obey and apply because I trust God. So if God tells me to do this, and if God tells me not to do this, then I know for sure that what He gives and what He promises would surely come to pass. And hopefully we apply this as we trust this word, as we believe that the word of God is indeed powerful, powerful enough to give salvation, to save people from his wrath, from his judgment, then that also encouraged me to teach his word. Because God's word is trustworthy. I can now teach it to others so that they too will experience the blessings 
of God. The second point is to fear the Lord. One should not be wise in his own eyes, which is a trait of one who fears the Lord. Another trait of the fear of the Lord is turning away from evil. So not being wise in his own eyes and turning away from evil. The promise, the result, the effect of such wisdom is healing and physical restoration. Let's look at verses 7 to 8. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Now, if you go to Proverbs chapter 1, the writer gives us the goals of this book. Just to mention 1, verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding. There would be several more down to verse 6. Yet the key to understanding, the key to wisdom, the key to discernment is in verse 7. As it is written, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord. So I always like to think, as I remember one day I was with a friend fishing somewhere in Legaspi. And he has this app that tells the depth of water. And so we would go to that part that is deep and somehow believing that there would be more fish in that area. So he would tell the, the banquero to bring us to that place, to that part. And uh, sometimes because of the current brought about by the waves, we might find ourselves in a different area. So the banquero would put down an anchor and like to believe that an anchor which has these two parts uh, that, is, uh, uh, that would uh, go down and to the, the, to the sand, now one of it is, I like to see it as trust and the other is fear. Uh, trusting God and fearing God. And at the middle is loving God. And so when we were fishing, I kind of reminded myself of this particular passage where it teaches us, teaches me, not only to trust in the Lord, but to fear Him and turn away from evil as well. We are not only trustful beings, we are also fearful beings. We fear a lot of things. Some are afraid of spiders. Some are afraid of cockroaches. Some are afraid of heights and calamities. Some are afraid of blood. Most of my, my patients are afraid of dying from surgery, not being able to wake up after the surgery. And those are valid fears. But what the Bible instructs us 
is to elevate our fear of God above all other fears. Now we elevate our fear of God above all other things that we are afraid of. And once we do that, once we elevate our fear of God, it will help us to turn away from evil. And it will give healing to our flesh and refreshment to our bones. Our stress, our anxiety, our worry, all of these things compound to well, give us hypertension and high blood sugar and will make our immune system weaker and so bringing us more at risk to have uh, more diseases and illness and even cancer. Yet when we trust in the Lord and when we fear Him above all things, even death, it will give us this sense of inner peace that I can sleep though I am sick and I'm sickly and I'm aging and that is reality. And one day, death would come knocking at my door. I would be at peace. My blood pressure remains stable. My heart rate remains normal. So if one thinks he is wise, he might lack the fear of the Lord because he denies God and he thinks that he is wise and he knows everything and he can claim that I already know everything. And if one does not turn away from evil, then one does not fear the Lord enough. Ganun lang po siya simple. If we do not fear God, if we deny the presence of God, if we deny that, we deny that there is God, then our natural response is to do evil because we're not afraid of a God who judges, a God who disciplines, and a God who is holy and righteous. And then it may even affect, it will redound to one not being able to pray and ask for divine healing. So it will cause a lot of physical stress and anxiety and worry on our mind and on our hearts. So how do we apply this fear of the Lord? What does it mean to fear the Lord? Well, it means that we must respect His Word. We give the highest regard to God's Word, that His Word is really perfect, and we can use God's Word as our standard, as our guide in this life. And so that when we respect His Word, because we respect His Word, we turn away from evil. So if we try to follow the world views, our own opinions, or opinions of other people instead of the Word of God, then 
we do not fear the Lord. We do not respect God. And so we try to be wise on our own eyes. So we rely on our strength. We rely on our experiences. We rely perhaps on other people. So what we can do, we pray. We pray, or we can even ask others to pray for us, especially when we are sick. However, we should also review the state of our souls. Do we turn away from evil or make excuses to sin? Why? Because some sicknesses may be healed just out of fearing God. Because we fear God, because we believe in God, and, and we respect God and His Word, knowing that certain substances or certain exposures to certain situations would make us sick. And out of that, we pray, we humble ourselves, we turn away from those things because we fear God and so we may even prevent certain illnesses to happen. And if we are sick, some of it may even be healed. For the third point, we honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. It is wise to honor the Lord with one's wealth. So we are not only trustful beings, we are not only fearful beings, but we are also beings who want to work and deserves an incentive, a pay, a salary, a wage, a commission, a bonus out of that work. And so in one way or another, we will be blessed with some form of wealth. And so it is wise to honor the Lord with one's wealth. Do you see the balance on these passages? The balance of trusting the Lord, fearing the Lord, and honoring the Lord with wealth. So it does not only apply to our spiritual side, to our spirit, the spiritual aspect of our lives, not only to even to our physical lives, but also even in our financial, financial areas of our lives. So in what way can we honor the Lord with our wealth? In verses 9 and 10, by giving the first part of the produce. In other words, giving to the Lord first priority. We elevate again the Lord and His kingdom and His work and giving to Him first from our earnings, from our income, from our salary, commission. And what is the promise? What is the effect? What is the result of honoring the Lord with our wealth, giving to Him first from our earnings? The promise of such wisdom is receiving abundance. And this is a great promise. When we give to the Lord generously, cheerfully, first, the promise is we will receive more. So the more we give, this is the, 
this is the, the irony. No? The more we give to the Lord, the more that we will be blessed and be, receive abundance. Verse 9, Honor the Lord, how? With your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. The effect, then your barns, speaking of uh, the context of agriculture, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats, yung mga lagayan ng wines, will be bursting with wine. Meaning there would be more and it would be in excess. The way to honor the Lord from one's wealth is to give to Him first. In the Old Testament, they give to the house, they give to the temple, they give to the work of the Lord. In the New Testament, it is the church community, and it is the church community that does the work of the Lord. So how do we apply this? We may honor the Lord by applying the wisdom from the word to honor Him from our wealth. So how do we do this? By being good stewards. By acknowledging that everything comes from the Lord and we are given the privilege and the opportunity to be managers and to be stewards of these resources that God simply graciously allows us to have. And so once we look at ourselves, we see ourselves, ah, I'm just a manager, I am just a steward, I'm just a caretaker of these things, this wealth, these resources, then I would, because I trust God, because I fear God, because I respect Him, because I love Him, then it is just natural for me to honor Him with the first part of what I have been given. Brothers and sisters, let us avoid giving from the last of what we earn. It simply means and manifests that we don't trust God. We don't fear God. We don't respect God. Or worse, we don't love Him. And so He is last in our budget. So while it is good to pray for what we need, we should not forget to honor the Lord from our wealth. We must pray, but we must also follow the path of wisdom. We may always trust God's wisdom. And that He will fill our barns with plenty. Uh, for a couple of minutes, just allow me to close this message with a parallel story from Matthew chapter 19. And as I paraphrase the story of this rich young ruler who one day went to Jesus and asked Jesus, Teacher, what good thing shall I do? What good thing shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? So that was his question. What shall I do? Thinking that he can work on his way to eternity 
obtaining eternal life. What can I do? What can I work for so that I will earn eternal life? So Jesus answers him, well, well, you do these things. You do the Mosaic law, that all these commandments given by Moses. The young man said, all these things I have kept, but in the, his, his inner self, somehow he, he says to the Lord, what am I still lacking? I've, I'm doing all these things, I've done all these things, but somehow deep inside me, there's still something that I feel that I need to do. So Jesus said to him, if you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And interestingly, God says this. Jesus says this to him. Come and follow me. Trust me. Let go of the things that you hold on to. Things that you put your trust. Things that hinders you from trusting me. Which is basically your properties. So in verse 22, but when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. And in the end, as the disciples uh, asked Jesus, wow, sabi nila, ang hirap naman pala. Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle and for a rich, than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So when the disciples heard this, they were very astonished and said, Then who can be saved? The answer is no one can be saved out of doing good things. So Jesus says to them, He looks at them eye to eye, says to them, with people, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Brothers and sisters, in the context of salvation, it is impossible for us to save ourselves. But for God, through Christ, Nothing is impossible. We can always trust in the Lord with all our heart. Why? Because He's a faithful God. He is a God who is faithful and true and righteous to His promise. So that when we trust God fully, 100% with our very core, our very fiber with our very being and we turn from our own selves we don't deny God in everything we acknowledge him we submit to his word we submit to him and out of respect out of fear and out of love then we will be blessed he will make our paths so clear that we will see where we're heading to he will give healing to our flesh and refreshment to our bones. 
last but not the least, our barns will be filled with plenty, our vats will be bursting with wine. So we trust the Lord, we fear the Lord, and we honor the Lord. Allow me to share with you a poem written by our senior pastor, Pastor Ed Pilapil Jr. as we end this message. This is entitled, Trust. Trust in the Lord wholeheartedly. Always think biblically. Let's defer to Holy Scripture. He will give us a clear picture. A straight path a clear direction, but He requires our submission. Therefore, fear the Lord at all times. If not, it's like committing crimes. Think not of ourselves as wise men. Double-check every now and then. It says, from evil, turn away. And this we should do every day. Wisdom and prayer for good health. And there's more concerning our wealth. Give to the Lord first and foremost. Let us honor Him at all cost. He will then bless our storehouses Witness to how he increases. Thus, walk in biblical wisdom. Otherwise, we will be undone. Shall we all rise and close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we once more give you glory and honor. We praise you and we thank you. Because you are a trustworthy God. We can depend on you. We can rely on you. And we can even entrust our souls, our future, our eternal destiny to you. You are. God who is great, amazing, and marvelous. You have created this world. You have given us life. Not only that you are the creator, you are also the sustainer of this universe. The sun, the planets, the stars, the moon, they are in place. They are in their perfect place. And you have, and you are sustaining that. Just by looking at the complexity of our bodies, that we may never even fully understand and grasp how organized our body works. Looking at it at the very detail 
of even how our cells communicate with each other. Lord, it really humbles us. It brings us to that posture of humility and of awe. That indeed you are a great and amazing God. And because you are a faithful God, as you have said, You are the giver of life. You are also the taker of our life. And so that one day, we will come to that point of our lives where it would end. Our internal organs, our heart, our brain, our lungs, our Systems would cease to function and stop from whatever reason. And that itself may give us worry and stress and anxiety and even fear. Yet today, Lord, we elevate our fear of you more than death, more than financial difficulties more than aging more than loss of business bankruptcy and even the ability to work loss of a loved one all of these things Lord we downgrade and we elevate our trust and our fear and our love for you. May we continue, Lord, to express our wholehearted trust and fear and that we may continue to honor you even with our finances, acknowledging that all these things came from you in the first place. And without you, without giving us the ability to study, to work, the opportunities to work, and even the reality that we do not own anything in this world. We may have properties named under us, yet when we die, we leave these things and pass it on. And so, thank you for reminding us to value things that are more eternal than the temporal things of this world. One of which is our relationship with you. So our prayer, Lord, is to cause us to grow and deepen and mature in our trust, our fear, our love, respect to you. Help us, Lord, with the Holy Spirit that works in us and through us to live out the biblical wisdom that we have learned 
that we are continuously learning and that we will still learn in the days to come. Lord, we submit and we defer to you and to your word. We entrust to you not only our lives, not only our souls and our eternal destiny, but also our loved ones and friends and neighbors, our acquaintances. Pray for your mercy and for your grace to be upon them. Yet we ask, Lord, that you give us opportunities to share and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And if not, just live this out so that they would see and hear nothing else but Jesus Christ alone. And that one day, they will come to that point in their lives that they would repent of their sins and believe in Jesus for their salvation. May you be honored and glorified always and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless us all. See you next Sunday.